Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the Winnipeg Jets. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at IAD Sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, iadsports.com, for all of our team previews as well as the rest of our NHL content. And if you're here on YouTube, make sure you drop a like, comment, and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up because we are previewing all 32 teams before the start of the NHL season in October. And if you're on Twitter, Make sure you follow us down below at i80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're following already, thank you guys so much for all of your support because without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how you doing today? Doing well. And here we are to preview the once Atlanta Thrashers, the current Winnipeg Jets. Um, a team that had themselves a decent year last year, swept Connor McDavid right out of the playoffs. So, you know, they're looking to do a little more this year. They'll be back in the Central Division, and uh, let's just uh, get right to it. Yeah. Also, side note, I'm not apologizing for this beauty of a jersey right here because, <laughs> A, I don't have any Winnipeg paraphernalia, and, B, look, they came from Atlanta, so, like, it's close enough. Like, it's honestly, I think, close enough. That and, like, I mean, I I like this jersey. This is, like, one of my favorite jerseys I have. The, la the other favorite jersey I had was in the last video that we did for Arizona. I didn't even point that one out. And, like, I personally, I love that jersey, too. But we're here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets, not the Atlanta Thrashers, not the Arizona Coyotes. You guys are here because of the Winnipeg Jets. So let's dive right into this right now. What were some team facts about this team last year? Well, Let's start with their record. They were 30-23-3. That's 30 wins to 23 losses to three overtime losses. That's good for 63 points. And they finished third in the NHL North Division, also known as the Canadian Division. Now, power play and penalty kill-wise, they were above average in both categories. On the power play, they were sitting at 22.98% on the power play. Pretty good there. And on the penalty kill, they were sitting at 80.54% on the penalty kill. So not bad. Leading scorers keeps getting better and better. We start with Mark Shifley with 63 points. Then Kyle Connor, 50 points. And a tie between Nikolai Ehlers and Blake Wheeler for 46 points. So not a bad year for Winnipeg last year talking about some key additions and subtractions right now not a lot kind of going on here for winnipeg but we still had some interesting additions and subtractions here addition wise uh riley nash brendan dillon and nate schmidt and subtractions include uh laurent brassois Derek forbert jordy ben tucker pullman matthew perot nate thompson and trevor lewis so interesting on both sides of the coin now we're going to move on and talk about some X-Factors here. And no, we are not talking about NHL 22 X-Factors. We are talking about who we feel is pivotal for Winnipeg's success this year. So, Tom, as always, I've done enough talking here. It's time to hear from you. Who do you feel are some X-Factors on the Winnipeg Jets this year? Well, one guy here for me is uh, definitely Mark Shifley. Um, 
as we have found out, today is a Labor Day, Monday, September 6th. We found out um, the other day that the NHL players will be heading back to the Olympics this year. Now, in the um, projected Team Canada rosters I've looked at, his name is all over the place. Some have him as a definite. Others have him as a bubble guy or an extra guy. Some people have him as not going at all. So I feel like, you know, with that in his mind, I think that will definitely drive him to play a lot harder and to try and play a lot better. Because as we know in these Olympic years, you're always going to have an injury of somebody. The team that you think may be going at the end of the day in February may have some different personnel there. And I feel like Mark Shifley is not only an X factor for the Winnipeg Jets, but an X factor for Team Canada. If a player gets hurt, whether it's a guy like McDavid or a guy like McKinnon or a guy like Jonathan Huberto, who's also kind of a bubble guy, you know, I think the first person that Canada's brain trust is going to look to is Mark Shifley, especially, especially if he plays like he always has, if we play like he know, like we know he can. So I think that just with the prospect of playing for his country there and knowing that if he plays well and there's an injury or knowing that if somebody has a bad season and he has a good season and can wind up going to play for Team Canada, I think that'll be a big thing for him. Another guy here is uh, Neil Pionk. You know, he's expected to be your number one defenseman. I think he's probably going to quarterback that second power play unit, but I can definitely see him playing on the penalty kill. He was rewarded for his efforts in the offseason with a contract, and he may be as well another bubble guy for Team USA who, you know, if his play is well enough, if he plays well enough, and one of their defensemen gets hurt or one of the defensemen that's projected to go for Team USA, right now he's not one of them, doesn't play up to par, he may be getting a call to go over in February too. So just two guys to keep in mind on my end. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I don't see how Mark Shifley is left off of Canada's Olympic roster. I think that would be foolish if Canada did that, it's all to be honest. Yeah, I, I and it's all over the place for all countries right now, for the most part, except for the obvious ones. But uh, for me, for X-Factors, I think there are a few guys that come to mind for me. I mean, one, I'll agree with you, Tom, here. Uh, Mark Shifley. I mean, Shifley averaged over a point per game last year. And I absolutely think he continues that level of production this year, especially with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler flanking him on either side. The first line, honestly, might be one of the best lines in the NHL that not many people talk about when they talk about top NHL lines. You know, this line produced numbers last year, and I think they're going to continue to produce this year. The biggest X factor for me, though, is starting goaltender Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck, who, when dialed in, may be one of the best goalies in the NHL. With one Vesna trophy under his belt, could this be the year for you know another Vesna-level type of year? We'll just have to see. But he is absolutely going to contribute to the team's success as well this year. Now we're going to talk about some breakout candidates, people who we feel are primed to finally have a bigger year, a career year, if they have not had a career year yet. Tom, breakout candidates for you. I'm going to go with uh, Nikolai Ehlers here. Um, he scored, was scoring at a point-per-game place last year for the Jets, and he's going to be a huge, huge part on that second line, getting that secondary scoring. We know how good their first line is, not even how they can be. We know that they're good already. We know that that's going to be the key focal point, but there's going to be nights that teams may shut that first line down. So he's going to be a huge part in getting that secondary scoring. I'm hoping that maybe um, – let's see if he can get himself to 80 points, like around a point per game. But even if he can't, if he gets between 70 and 75, then that's still a success for that second line. If he can be a 70 to 75 point guy on the second line, I think that's still good enough in my book. 
Absolutely. And I think Ehlers is a great pick. It was tough for me not to pick Ehlers, but I decided to go with a kid that's going into his rookie year this year and could see a lot of NHL time this year. That's Christian Veselainen. And I think Veselainen could factor into the opening night lineup too. There are some people that don't actually have him in the opening night lineup. I do. And that's just a preview for the potential opening night lineup just a couple minutes from now. Uh, Christian Veselainen spent the majority of the year last year on a taxi squad, but he still got involved in 12 games last year. I think this is the year the former first round pick from 2017 gets his chance to shine and gets consistent minutes in the bottom six. If given the majority of the season and lineup, I think the Jets will be happy with his point production, potentially pairing uh, with the likes of Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry. Veselainen could help fill the void that Mason Appleton left behind on this line after losing him to the expansion draft this past year. So now it's time to talk about our potential opening night lineup, which as Tom alluded to before, it is currently Labor Day. So a lot of things can change between now and October. So obviously take this potential opening night lineup with a grain of salt and, you know, maybe even a beverage of your choice, you know, along with that. But that being said, it's time for us to talk about what this lineup could look like in October when the season begins. So we are going to get started with that. Starting with the top line, the top forward line. We are moving from left wing center to right wing here as we always do. Starting on uh, the top line for the Winnipeg Jets, we've got Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Blake Wheeler. Moving on to the second line, we've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, which God, I hope we don't have to talk about him at length again this year. <laughs> Just putting it out there. With Paul Stastny and Nikolai Ehlers. On to line three, as we alluded to before, Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, and Christian Veselainen. And then finally on the fourth line, we've got Jansen Harkins, Riley Nash, and Dominic Toninato. Oh my God, I'm going to learn to English soon. Moving on to the first line of defense, we've got Brendan Dillon with Neil Pionk. On defense line two, we've got Josh Morrissey with Nate Schmidt. And then the third line of defense, rookie Logan Stanley with Dylan DeMello. And goaltending, as we talked about before, we've got starting goaltender Connor Hellebuck. And then backup goaltender Eric Comrie, which is really interesting because he started last year with the Winnipeg Jets. Played a couple games with the New Jersey Devils after being lost to waivers. Got placed on waivers again by the Devils. Was picked up again by Winnipeg. And now he's slated to be the backup goaltender this year behind Connor Hellebuck. And what's even crazier about that was they were both drafted around the same time. And Eric Comrie was seen as the guy that was going to be the future starting goaltender over Connor Hellebuck. So my, oh my, oh my, how the times have changed for the Winnipeg Jets. But... As always, after we go over these potential opening night lineups, we've got to talk about some variables with this lineup. And Tom, we'll start with you. What are some variables that could change in the Winnipeg Jets lineup? And before you start, when we talk about variables, we're talking about ways that this lineup could change before opening night, ways that the lineup could change after opening night, before the trade deadline, after the trade deadline. So Tom, we'll start with you. Variables for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I hate to sound like a broken record here with the Olympic factor, but um, if there is one guy on this team who we know is definitely going to go and definitely going to be playing on his national team, that guy is Connor Hellebuck. 
I think right now it's just a slam dunk choice is going to be starting for Team USA. And the thing with that is, is that right now the USA is in a group. I wouldn't say a group of death, but they're in a, they're in an interesting group. They're in a group with China, who isn't projected to do much of anything. They're in a group with Canada, who's probably projected to beat the crap out of everybody. And they're in a group with Germany, which is kind of uh, Germany's kind of a 50-50 team. You have one of the best players in the world on Team Germany, namely Leon Dreisaitl. So right now, the scheduling for the Olympics isn't set. I mean, obviously, you would hope you can sit him for the China game. But it also depends on how they set it up. Like, say they play the first game against Canada and they lose. Presume every game against Canada for everybody is a loss right now because that team is just going to be stacked beyond belief. We'll talk about that later on sometime. But just, they're stacked beyond belief. So say in the second game, they still win it. But Leon Dreisaitl goes off. And he goes off for Germany. And say they have to eke out a win in overtime. Now, in an overtime win in the Olympics, that only nets you two points. It doesn't net you to three. A regulation win in the Olympics nets you three points. An overtime win only nets you two. So say for the game against China, they need to work on something with their goal differential. And they go up against China and they need to score X amount of goals to, say, get that fourth spot that will get them into the quarterfinals or a high spot for the knockout round so they can play a lesser team. And say you have to start Hellebuck all three games. And just say maybe he doesn't completely injure himself, but let's just say he aggravates something in those games and he plays himself through in the Olympics So whenever to however far the U.S. goes. And he comes back and he's hurt and you can tell he's hurt. The onus is then going to be on Eric Comrie because if Hellebuck really plays himself too hard in the Olympics and he gets hurt, he gets seriously hurt, or he gets mildly hurt, they're going to need Eric Comrie to start those games down the line in order to rest Hellebuck for the playoffs should they make it. So right now, that goaltending is a big factor for me as a Ranger fan. I only say because a Ranger fan, I've seen it. I saw what Mike Richter back in 02 with the uh, with the Salt Lake Olympics. I saw what Henrik Lundqvist in 06 when he came back after Torino. He wasn't the same. And tw- even in 2010, you know, you could tell he was he was burnt. You know, he was a little burnt out in 2010 after he went out to Vancouver. So you know, goaltending a starting goaltender for your team and a starting goaltender for a national team, it actually is a pretty heavy workload. So that's a big, big risk. And that's why, in my mind, the goaltending is a huge variable with this team. Yeah, and I do agree with you. For me, variable-wise, for me, it's about the top prospects in Winnipeg system because the top prospects in Winnipeg system are all close to being NHL-ready at this point. You know, we saw Logan Stanley crack the lineup last year, but you've still got waiting in the wings. You've got Vili Hainola. You've got... Oh, Dylan Sandberg. You've got, as I talked about before, Christian Veselainen, who might not necessarily be a lock for the opening night lineup, uh, as I talked about before. And you also have what could be probably your tippy-top prospect, which is Cole Perfetti. So the question kind of becomes is, who of this group could potentially crack this lineup towards the middle of this year, towards the end of this year. I think Veselainen is a lock for that. Logan Stanley obviously is here to stay. I think Dylan Sandberg could be a person we talk about. I think Philly Hainola could be a person we talk about. I think Cole Perfetti is a person that, if he gets a cup of coffee at the NHL level this year, would be really nice to see. But it might be a better thing to let him kind of simmer and fester at the AHL level this year. Let him develop a little bit longer. Tom, you look like you're kind of itching to jump on that one. I have a question about Perfetti. I don't even know if you would know the answer to this because I don't have the answer for it right now. 
But I know last year with COVID and in shutting down those Canadian junior teams, they were making exceptions for these guys under 20 to go to the AHL. As of right now, Cole Perfetti is still 19 years old. And the thing about it is, is that will they still will that um, exception this year still be still be enacted? Because they may very well, Perfetti may very well have to go back to Saginaw. Because remember, he's not over 20 years old yet. So it's just something that popped into my mind literally about five seconds ago. It's true. And trying to read up on this, like literally right at the moment, uh, like spur of the moment, since this is a genuinely good question here. Um, but just to quote uh, fan sided here, who has a little bit more information on this, Perfetti was a player who benefited immensely from the 2020 2021 OHL season being canceled because normally a player of his age would not have been eligible to play in the, the AHL. But due to the abnormalities of hockey during the pandemic, Perfetti and others were allowed to compete in the AHL. So it seems like Winnipeg is gung ho about keeping Perfetti in the AHL this year and not having him take a step back from there. So you know, it's 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 understandable. I just don't know if the if the old, if they're going to go back to the old rule is what I'm saying. I don't know if they're going to grandfather in from last year or they're just going to go back to saying if you're under 20 you go back to your junior team. It's, yeah, it's that's true. That, it's something that popped in my head. Obviously, you know, something I, something I might even want to look into later on today just to see. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's true. But that being said, with these prospects and talking about variables, there's a lot to look forward to for Jets fans this year. But I only have one big concern that I think a lot of Jets fans also might have as well. And that's the cap space. Because currently, they have none. They have no cap space. And they're currently being helped right now and they're only cap compliant right now because Brian Little and his 5.29 million dollar contract is currently on long-term injury reserve LTIR for short so that being said the Winnipeg Jets might need to make a very difficult decision at the trade deadline with younger prospects developing and preparing to take over prime NHL minutes Winnipeg could end up making a deal or two at the trade deadline to both pick up maybe a rental player for the playoffs and dump a contract to make room for a full-time spot for one of their top prospects. You know, unfortunately from this past year, meaning last season, one name that was floated around was fan favorite Nikolai Ehlers. Could that be a name that's still being floated out there? Personally, I don't think so, but we've seen crazier things happen. We saw Patrick Laine get dealt for Pat, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois last year. Nobody's necessarily safe. Maybe a couple of people on this team is safe. Maybe Mark Shifley is safe. Maybe Connor Hellebuck is safe. Maybe Blake Wheeler is also safe. But going forward, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Kyle Connor's safe. I don't know if Nikolai Ehlers is safe. I don't even know if Pierre-Luc Dubois is safe. And God help me, I hope he is, because I don't want to talk about him anymore. But it's just left to be seen, and it's really going to be interesting to see who could be going in and out of Winnipeg this year just because of those cap problems. But that being said, they're tough decisions ahead for Winnipeg, but this is a good problem to have right now and just for now because no team wants to be in cap hell. But we've talked quite a bit about the Winnipeg Jets right now. It's time to wrap things up with our question of the day, which our question of the day remains the same as always here, which is, 
Where does Winnipeg finish in the Central Division this year? Tom, let's start with you. Where do you think Winnipeg finishes in the Central Division this year? I'm going with third here. I think they had a good year last year, but I think last year some of the stats might have been inflated, and the reason being is that they were playing in the Canadian Division, and the teams under them, you had Ottawa, who was just horrible. You had Vancouver, who got really banged up with COVID. You had Calgary, who was sort of Jekyll and Hyde all year. And you kind of had Montreal, who was also sort of the same thing until the playoffs started. So, you know, you're out there. Your competition this year is a little bit different. You have the Colorado Avalanche, who are right now maybe a Stanley Cup favorite. You know, you have Dallas, who is two years removed off going to the finals and still has a decent roster. You have Chicago trying to, re- to, trying to uh, retool everything. You have also St. Louis, who's two years removed from winning a cup. And on top of all that, you have Minnesota, who really had a good year last year. But um, there's a few question marks with them. So I, I still think even though the competition is going to be better in this division, I still think third place. I, I, I give them that. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. I really like Winnipeg's lineup this year, and I think this could potentially be a vest in a year for Connor Hellebuck. So I am going to make the same pick as Tom. I think they're going to finish in third place this year, and they could be fun to watch in the playoffs this year if no one gets suspended or injured. Again, Mark Shifley, I'm looking directly at you when I say this. Just saying. Connor Hellebuck, too. (laughs) Connor Hellebuck, too. (laughs) But as always, guys, what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with us? You got to let us know down below if you're on YouTube. Drop a comment. And while you're there, make sure you like and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. Because, hey, you might not necessarily be a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, but we are covering all NHL teams leading up to October, the beginning of the NHL season. And where else can you find our content? Glad you asked. You can find it down below at i80sports.com, where not only can you find our team previews and our NHL content, but hey, the NFL season is right on the horizon, and the NCAA football season just began as well. So you can also find our NFL, MLS, NCAA football and NBA content there as well. Guys, you got to make sure you check out that content too. Show them some love as well. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. If you're currently following us already, thank you guys so much for your support because without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. But it's time to leave Winnipeg behind. Time to move on to a new team here. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Winnipeg Jets 2021-2022 team preview.